0: Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to Bluenile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at Bluenile.com for $50 off your purchase. Bluenile.com code LISTEN.
1: Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too And welcome to the eastern border, back with another episode of uh, news. So, about the front lines. Well, uh, surprisingly enough, there are some very tiny news. If you consider Bakhmut, then um, in the north part of town, the Russian forces have moved forward by about 100 meters. And in the south of Bakhmut, we're talking about 75 meters. Those are the biggest achievements, because Ukrainians have retreated from the private sector literally two blocks away to their better-reinforced trenches. That That's about the the Russian successes on the front line. In the other news, there is another, well, second Makievka basically happening, as apparently in the town of Kirilovka, some Russian soldiers, mobilized ones, were placed together in a schoolhouse And some of them managed to publish, well, those who hadn't had their phones taken away from them, had managed to publish um, a nice little photo about them, you know, taking the local school's uh, skeleton, you know, the one they use in anatomy, anatomy lessons and biology and stuff like that, and taking some selfies with it, namely one, specifically a booty soldier. And if you look up that, that image, he's uh, sitting there with a helmet, with a nice little v on top of his head with a with one of those you know black and orange bands as well and of course well you know it's been bombed now that apparently happened in in like very late january or something maybe maybe a bit a bit thereabouts. but the problem is that we only now got actually confirmation about the school's location and and where the missiles were actually striking and all this stuff we haven't seen any um any kind of epiphanies or any any people writing writing you know all the all the articles about the dead and, and stuff so still the exact casualties are not not known but we're talking about about 100 people here i'm talking about casualties well again as the front has been somewhat quiet as everyone's talking about counterattacks on both sides there've been a lot of conflict a lot of discussion and recently on the western news the kind of new anal- new analysis of the casualties are there and currently western sources report that it's about 200,000 Russians in casualties and if you calculate you know that in in the war casualties are not only dead but also the wounded and if you take that the situation would be like 1 to 3 so approximately 25% of those 200,000 are are dead so it's about 50,000 and this is probably the first time ever when um, my russian sources state that in this specific case, Western analysts have been extremely conservative about their their numbers, since again, it's a bit of a mess uh, about how Russia even manages to collect themselves together and talk about these casualties. Since there's not only Wagner, there are multiple battalions, then there's like these still in in unincorporated Ld Luhansk Donetsk People's Republic troops. It's a mess. There's also Rosgvardiya and Kadyrovts and all these people. And and these numbers could probably be only for the Russian soldiers, out of which, well, you know, if you're actively serving in the Russian army as as a person who's under that command, uh, yeah, there's uh there's a lot of things going on there. Today one of the one of the journalists that I watch, Maxim Katz, I've mentioned him on this show previously, he also stated that, you know, these casualties are just gonna go. And as he views it, I'm not sure if I agree with this completely, but it was an interesting view that he posted that Opponent's probably going to continue this war just so he wouldn't lose in it. And not in the sense that he can win the war. No, no, no. It's kind of like, well, using Maxim's an- analogy here, it's kind of like, you know, if you lose in a football game 150-0, to zero, you still haven't lost the game until the final whistle is blown. And although Russia can't with its current abilities win this war anymore, what they can do is try to extend, extend this as much as possible, and again, he's very pro-Ukrainian and well, I kind of have to agree with him on the part that this war is going to go on for as long as as the West finally decides to deliver some heavy weaponry to Ukraine, because Putin's probably going to going to drag this one out. However, well, as Kotz against said, this this war can't can go on forever only if Putin is in power, and this is the main subject of today's episode, since. <laughs> We've seen more conflicts. I reported previously on the conflict between Yevgeny Prigozhin and uh, my best nemesis slash buddy slash comrade slash uh, I wish he would you know go to Hague Igor Girkin, and this has continued, but not in the sense that um, you'd expect. See, right now there's a massive brewing conflict between the supporters of the war. Recently, one of the more high-ranking members of YGina United Russia, Putin's party, came out and he was on a talk show in Russian TV, and he stated very publicly and openly that uh, Russian, like their party, which obviously are the best and the brightest and Putin's, I don't know, God King of Men or whatever, but that their party is not afraid of liberals because they they've all left. There's none of them left in Russia. They're 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 not worried about turbo patriots that's their new term turbo patriots it's kind of like you know watching nazis fight with hardcore stalinists and they're both racist and they're both you know want to conquer you but it's still interesting to look how they're slowly breaking apart because this isn't this isn't some sort of minor squabble this is something which is driving this whole russian situation in their own political sphere to the ground since he stated that these turbo-patriots, they'll try to make an ultra-patriotic Maidan, because Maidan is obviously anything that these guys could pull off, but just bear with me, okay? So, he stated that they will use this corruption card, although this, you know, is just a mirage, because obviously Russia has no corruption, United Russia Party is great and whatever. The problem is that I do, as well as anyone else who follows Russia, that there's a terrible, ridiculous amount of corruption in Russia. Like, It's just an undeniable fact. And, well, these turbo-patriots from the Gidkin side, they viewed it as a personal attack, and they responded. But they, of course, you know, uh, in in this speech, this United Russia representative, he managed to state that, you know, uh, next time some sort of isium happens or or something like that, they're going to be on the streets and yelling that everything's bad in Russia. The problem is everything is really bad in Russia. And and these guys, Turbo Patriot, th- these are the same people who yelled that Ukraine was Nazis and all that stuff. And they were also super angry with the fact that apparently Israel's prime minister has spoken with Putin and that Putin has promised not to kill Zelensky. They had many reasons to be especially angry about. And they took it to heart. They basically pu- published that, you know, instead of just crit- critiquing, some, giving some legitimate criticisms to this Yudina Rashida representative, they also stated that, um, you know, how dare you laugh about... This, like, those Russian people who were killed by evil Ukrops and all that. It's all nonsense, obviously, you know. they um, Both sides here, A, blatantly lie. B, just quote whatever they think about the other side, and they're just basically... You're looking at Nazis versus Stalinists throwing horse horse poop at each other, and it's just ridiculous. And the interesting fact is that, you know, both sides are, well, very on the edge right now, because at the beginning of the war... There was a soldier uh sorry i really can't look up his name right now it was here somewhere um but there was this one one of these soldiers from from these ultra patriotic side who was like standing there it, it's somewhere in one of my earlier episodes how he was literally picking up a skull from one of the Mariupol defenders of azov of and just you know talking about how all, all ukrainians should die how they're all evil and all that whatnot like totally talking about all that nonsense well, now he's been shot in the head, from the back, with a pistol, and is in a critical condition in a hospital. Pro- probably, probably dead at this point already. I think, because the pictures I've seen, yeah, I don't know. If if he, uh, even if he kind of manages to get back on his feet somehow and survive, oh, that 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 man's gonna be a vegetable for life, basically. It, there's no going back from that, and that that kind of made the whole whole thing of these turbo patriotic Russians, as they call themselves, but you know not even Russian opposition, liberal ones, or, or not even people who are just mildly pro-Putin, call them actual patriots, yeah, uh, well, they got angry because this was one of their representatives. And again, Putin has been doing some dealings. Because, weird as it may seem, yeah, it's it's kind of like in the French Revolution, main threats to Putin come from the right. And Putin can't really solve this issue because, on the one side, and this comes from analysis of Russian journalists, on one hand, he could like smack this turbo-right opposition, but then he would have to do that openly because you know any hidden hidden punishments wouldn't work. He can't really intimidate them because they have no utter respect for Putin. But if he does that openly, he has to reveal their views, and they say a lot of things that w- Novinsky would agree even with them about corruption and about how Russia is ineffective and the fact that they're murderous murderous ogres who want to kill all Ukrainians. That's a whole other story because they totally are, but. Uh, they have some legitimate criticisms. So now, you know, it's another, another thing that's, that's brewing inside in this hall.
0: Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host.
1: This whole cesspool that is, uh, that is currently, well, this whole war and Russia's eternal issues. It truly really looks like, you know, although both sides here, they want to stay and make Russia strong and all this stuff, what they're doing is that... um Seems that they're breaking it apart from the inside. Again, there is no kind of monopoly on violence around this time. And it's getting a bit um, sad and creepy about this whole war thing. Because Russia isn't making any advances since, well, you know, in the early days of the war, they were sending in undermanned tanks and uh, armored fighting vehicles and all that stuff because they wanted to show, for their own propaganda reasons, in their own country, like, columns of tanks going, and they didn't have any manpower. Then those tanks were blown up, and now they kind of have the manpower, but they no longer have the tanks for ammo to run them. So that also drives them down. And it's, um, let's just say, not a good situation right now to to be on the front there. And again, uh, Moors, I've I've talked about him previously, he's also one of those turbo patriots, but he's answered to this question because, well, uh, he wrote about how the situation is actually going, and how people react to this potential counter-operation from Russia's side. And I'll quote him, this says my translation, word translated is more focused on Aristovich. also um, I've picked up some translating work on my own, and I'll quote here. They write to me saying a lot, they write to me a lot, saying that in the camp of Kiev, there's also a huge fatigue from losses, from lack of equipment and so on. That Prigozhin skillfully trolls the Bandora movement by calling them weak. Like, ha ha, don't even attempt to hold Bakhmut Artimovs, you won't do it. And then, apparently, In response to this, Ukrainians throw more and more troops in the furnace. And there are rumors that they're dying in huge numbers, and soon the front of the armed forces of Ukraine will fall apart. And then Moors writes, I would be glad to be mistaken in my considerations, but I do not really count on it. If the armed forces of Ukraine are decomposing, then mass disobedience and riots of units should begin. While, well, this is not happening. And the Bakhmut meat grinder works in both directions. It's hard to come up with something worse at the moment than what people call t- Prigozhin's brilliant trolling. Anyone who has accessed information about the losses of the Luhansk-Donetsk People's Republic's corpse in recent months will tell you this. While Prigozhin's mercenaries are storming Vartemovsk, everyone who knows anything understands perfectly well what a terrible bloody price, the absence of serious the, the, kind of, the absence of, of our support and serious uh, Ukrainian counterattacks was, was basically brought here. The price, this price on the entire front from Marinka to Krimen is paid by brigades and regiments of the LDP, LDPR and DPR battalions, in which, in addition to the Mobics, only often the, the leadership of some battalions, regiments and brigades, oh, and few artillerymen have remained. The infantry in these companies has already changed their composition a couple of times at least in, in, in this year. And some were already the fourth, the, the fourth complete you know, manpower squad is fighting. Serviceable armor is a rarity. For the next attacks and assaults, uh, the armor is collected, as they call it, from the pine forest. Just like the, the engineers who are supposed to repair it and gunners operators on it. And the so-called stormtroopers themselves often do not know how to shoot normally from personal weapons or use group and assault weapons they're not really taught because the regiments and brigades of uh, of the people's republics from the beginning of the special military operation were not withdrawn for normal replenishment and retraining unlike the russians they have no armor no communication no normal artillery support and they die and they're ordered to go forward and they die for no significant results and they are being replaced by russian mobilized which you can't really spend as much as the donbas people and these mobilized you know they don't really want to die themselves and then I have, to take out, uh, I have to take out a checklist and start checking. Are there conditions for the success of an offensive by the Russian Federation armed forces, so that it does not choke in blood in the fortified areas of Donbass, which took eight years to build? The Russian Federation cannot win. And this is, by the way, super patriots talking here. Yeah? This is, again, those people who hate Putin not for being an evil dictator, but hate Putin for not being successful in the war. So, you know, this is, this is what it is. Carrying on. The Russian Federation cannot win as long as in its rear there is a state machinery of government that has been eaten away by corruption and incompetence, while the economy is run by systemic liberals like, like Silvanov and Nabiyulin. Silvanov is um, for working with Sperbank and the great central and Nabudin is like central bank stuff. And pro and like professional reformers. Who are even these people? Has the spe- has a special military operation been carried out to get rid of all this? Nope, the rear remains rotten. Those who have brought the Russian Federation to a a positional bloody swamp remain at at the helm. Please draw your own conclusions. Obviously, Putin and his cronies up there, they don't like it. They don't like it a lot. This is one of the reasons why the conflict is still brewing. But still, facts are facts. Carrying on once again. Victory requires that the enemy be decapitated, deprived of communication and control of the propaganda machine. Are these conditions met? No. Zelensky was promised immunity, the ministries and headquarters in Kiev are intact, television and radio broadcasting and internet providers have not been destroyed, even the control room of the Ukrainian railways is intact. For the successes of the Russian armed forces, there must be destruction of the enemy's opportunities to bring fuel, weapons, ammunition and food reinforcements to the front. The theater area must be sealed from the air and by long-range weapons. The enemy must lose bridges and viaducts, tunnels and the most important depots, including those where wheelsets are changed from Eurotrack to Russian. So it is necessary to stop the flow of Western weapons and ammunition to Kiev, at the same time sealing the ports of Odessa. Is this condition fulfilled? No. The destruction of transformers and deprivation of electricity in the cities of the former Ukrainian SSR punished only the civilian population and did not solve the main problems. Before a ground offensive, an air offensive operation should be carried out, with the suppression of enemy air defense at its beginning, as part of a ground air operation. Is this expected to be happening? According to my observations, the Russian Air Force crisis has not been overcome. For a successful offensive of the armed forces of the Russian Federation, it is necessary to solve the problem with closed digital communications, which I have wrote, written about more than once. Well, Moors, that is. Otherwise, the control of large forces will crumble during an offensive. And again, everything will drown in blood. The enemy will get a huge advantage. And I like this last statement, uh, last sentence here. He has connection in, quotes, combat internet from Elon Musk. Has this problem been resolved? No. All this sets me up for, for not the most optimistic forecasts. If the alleged defense of the Russian Federation Armed Forces with unresolved problems turns into another squeezing out of the enemy with huge losses and the absence of detours and deep coverage, then an extremely bad option is possible. Our forces will be exhausted in frontal assaults. And the enemy, using this, will, in- will then inflict a strong counterattack with with fresh breakthrough corpse, which he's now building right now. And I'm sorry about the cat. It's the background. I'll just uh, quickly shut him down and then I'll finish this one up. <laughs> yeah, sorry about that. I'm. Um... Uh, These—it really hurt my headphones, and I hope you didn't hear hear that much of the scratching. This this has been like the fifth take, and uh, yeah, <laughs> sorry about that one. But well, we'll get stuff better. Translating this stuff isn't really easy. Ugh. Well, uh, that's it for today. I've been contacted by some interesting people who want to collaborate with me, and maybe work work together in Ukraine. So that's moving on. But, of course, we're going to keep you updated. Okay, so whatever. Well, if you want to support the show, please consider becoming our becoming our patron on patreon.com slash Border. Or just, you know, if you listen to the show via our homepage, theeasternborder.lv, you can just go there. By the way, all the shows always ad free in that site. And just click the donate button. That would be much appreciated since, well, we use that and we try to spend that money on, 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 good, on good equipment and, and making the best news humanly possible for you. But, yeah... Still, not back on Twitter. I'm on Mastodon, though. If you Google up Eastern Border, you'll, you'll find me. But um, until next time, and remember, happiness is mandatory.
0: Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more